Welcome to the Bleeding Cincy Red Podcast Best Case, Worst Case Scenario Edition, where we focus on one player each episode during spring training and discuss what they've done for us in the past and what they will mean to this 2018 World Championship team. Who are we focusing on today, Robert? Today we've got Anthony Desclafani. I can't believe you pronounced that correctly. I never can. Go Reds! <laughs> Who's really cool? He's he's possibly the ace of the staff. But uh, if you've listened to any of the other best case worst case scenario uh, episodes, you've probably heard this before with with the other pitchers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he could be the ace of our staff. <laughs> I think that's our tagline. <laughs> that's gonna be our tagline for all the pitchers. <laughs> all the pitchers. <laughs> <laughs> You could be the ace of our staff. Come to Cincinnati. All right, yeah. but Disco has a real shot at it, so this is this one's not too too far off. No, no, and in fact, uh, you know, like uh, several of the starters for the Reds uh, going into last season, uh, Disco was part of the 2017 curse uh, of starting pitchers for the Reds. Uh, struck Finnegan. Uh, well, I mean, it struck everyone who was in the original uh, rotation starting the season. So, um, you know, basically you can go back, look at it. And it, it actually struck uh, Desclafani uh, before the season even began. So that's how bad the curse was last year. You had the, the original five plus uh, Desclafani uh, being struck down um you know, during the season or, or even before the season and, and Disco's case. So, uh, but if you go back to 2015, 2016, um, his numbers are pretty encouraging. Um, and especially 2016, before he suffered the injury, uh, you're, you're looking at, you know, 20 games, 123 innings. Uh, he doesn't blow you away with his, strikeout totals but his era was a 328 which is pretty good and uh his whip was a 1.22 and i remember uh that seemed to get better as the season went along i uh, started off uh, walking a few more people than you would like at the beginning of uh, 2016 when he when he got in there but then uh, really started bringing down the walk totals as, as well as the hits. So uh, he has all, all of the, the look of a possible ace of the staff as far as uh, consistently getting these quality starts and um, you know re- really uh, controlling who, who's, who gets on base. Yeah, he broke out in 2015 as, uh, you know, we still had Cueto at the time uh, before he got traded. But he he wasn't he was becoming the ace of our staff in a particularly 
thin staff as it was going along. Um, it, it was kind of getting into, I was getting a little nervous because we were starting to fall into those Aaron Harang years. So it was like Aaron Harang, Bronson Arroyo, and then nobody. And mm-hmm. so that was kind of tough. And Discofani reminds me, he's not as overpowering as Harang was, but he quietly goes out there and does his thing. And, you know, in 2015, he had 31 starts, so he had that full season. And his ERA was 3.67, so it was exactly what you wanted. And he only walked 55 players in, you know, more than 180 innings. So, um, and after a late start to the 2016 season because of an injury, he was pretty darn good too. Um, his mm-hmm. ERA was just under four, same strikeout rate, better walk rate, better whip. Um, but his health is such a question mark now. And after missing an entire year, it's really hard to tell what to expect from him in the upcoming season, um, assuming he's healthy. And so far, every report has been that he's healthy. Um, I'm excited to see him get back out there and do it. He's a lock for a spot in the rotation. Um don't think he will be the opening day starter. Do you think he'll be the opening day starter? Well, I think the opening day starter is such an interesting uh, thing to try to predict. I, I'm, you know, really just sitting here and thinking about it. I'm assuming that maybe it'll be a Homer, just because he has the most experience and uh, has been around the longest, but. Uh, you know, I could see a, a case for Desclafani getting it. Uh, I could even see a case for Castillo just because uh, he's such a, he's just blowing people away so far, you know, I, I, how good he did last year. But, um, but I don't know. I, I, I think, I think it probably comes down to Desclafani or Homer, but uh, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's interesting. You brought up Homer here, and, and I was curious to look it up because I, I started thinking to myself, I don't think he's ever started an opening day for the Reds for as long as he's been here um, and what he's done for the organization. Um, and I looked it up, and he hasn't. It was uh, last – oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Can you name last year's opening day starter? Uh was it Feldman? Maybe? It was. I'm impressed. It was Scott Feldman. Uh, I had forgotten about that until uh, just this moment when I looked it up. And uh, so in 2016, it was Iglesias. And then the years before that, it was Johnny Cueto and Aaron Harang for the course of 10 years with uh, Volquez, Edinson Volquez squeezed in there one year. But so Homer's never gotten an opening day start. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing it go to him. Uh, just because of the pressures of opening day here in Cincinnati are a bit more unusual than in other cities. Um and, and, and it'd be kind of nice to see. Otherwise, I got to assume it's probably Castillo. I don't think Discofani will get it. I think they will give him a little extra rest. But who knows? I mean, if he dominates in the spring and uh, everything plays out, really, I, who knows with him? Um, the other question I really have for you is this. On the Reds, he's a top starter. On But on a contending team, do you think he would be like an ace or a top one or two. Are we? Do we have a kind of a rosy view because we are so badly craving good starting pitching these past several years? Or you know, do you think a healthy Disco is a legit top of the rotation guy? After all the jokes we made about ace of this staff, yeah. um, do you think he's a legit top of the rotation guy? Well, I don't. I don't think that. I think he he's got the potential where he could, he could earn that. Um, when, when you look at, uh, his 2016 and he had the 328 ERA, that's the kind of ERA that 
um, an ace can throw out for you. And he had a, a lot of quality starts, which is what you want in an ace as well. Um, but, you know, at the same time with the Reds, you know, we look at last last season and uh, the, the top two uh, returning people for, like, quality starts are Amir Garrett and uh, Luis Castillo, I believe. And uh, they were both rookies and both played partial seasons. So, um, you know, everything's a little skewed when, when you're looking at the Cincinnati uh, rotation this year. I mean, it was so wrecked with uh, injuries last year. And the year before had uh, issues as well that uh, um, everything's a little skewed when you, you look at Cincinnati. Yeah. It was, uh, it's funny because it's the complete opposite of, was it 2012? What, what was the year? I can't remember exactly the year where no red starter got hurt. Every red starter pitched every game except for one game. And it was because it was a double header, right? Right, and, and they yeah, had to yeah. call up somebody else. I forget what year that was, but it was like the miraculous year of complete starting pitching health, which no one experiences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being able to have 161 out of 162 games by the same rotation—that's pretty, uh, pretty incredible. Um, and <laughs> definitely not what the Reds have experienced the past two seasons. <laughs> uh, has, hasn't been anywhere, anywhere close to that. Um, but yeah, to, to answer your question, I mean, uh, I think Desclafani has the potential, and I think we've talked about this before, is uh, when you look at the Reds' pitchers, uh, you, you really see, like, two different sides to almost all of them. Like, you've, you've got uh, injury potential for some of them based off of the past couple seasons where, you know, you, you don't know that you can even count on them to, to go a full season. Uh, you see um, these really incredible starts and potential where you could see them. Uh, like, really, there's like five to seven pitchers right now where I could see them going through the season, uh, catching fire, hitting their ceiling, and going below three for their ERA for the season this year. And Disclafani is like one of those where I, I could see that possibly happening. Uh, but being a realist at the same time, I could see him going over four uh, in struggling to come back from injury. So, um, you know, one, one thing you can't say about the Reds starting rotation this year is that there's not a lot of intrigue about them because that there is a lot, a lot of intrigue, a lot of uh, volatility. And sometimes volatility means that you, you make a lot of money and sometimes it means you lose a lot of money. So, so it'll be interesting to see what happens this year. I, I, I am, you know, on board the uh, train of let let's say that they're going to win everything until they they prove us wrong, uh, and then uh, you know there, there's part of me though that that knows uh, that uh, things may not go as as well as you know what the potential is. So it's it's, it's all potential until they actually do it and execute it. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you in the sense that uh, in in most years I'm cautiously optimistic, and this year I'm stupidly optimistic about yeah. how well this team is going to do. And it's all because of the starting rotation. Just not just as a Reds fan, but as a baseball fan. I think if somebody wrote an article uh, and placed up there the most 
interesting storylines about starting rotations uh, in 2017. I mean, the Reds would have to be at the top of the list or pretty close to the top mm-hmm. of the list. And it's not because we're filled like um, – it's not like we're Houston where we're filled with Dallas Keuchel and Justin Verlander and now they got uh, Garrett Cole and they just you know are lining up with all these studs. It's like our guys are so questionable because every one of them has great potential – at least 70% of them have an injury risk because of an injured history past and um, history past. I'd probably just have to say one of those um, because of an injured history, uh, injury history. And anyway, because of that, <laughs> who knows what they're going to do? I mean, I really don't. And so I, I'm like you, I, until they prove us wrong, I'm going in thinking that these guys are going to be healthy and, and do their thing. And what's interesting about Discafani is that if he hovers around that four ERA or somewhere below it, based on the potential of this offense, and here's the kind of thing with our starting rotation, like they don't have to be dominant. They just have to be better than giving up five runs a game like they were doing last year, which shouldn't be that tall of an order, especially going into this year where everyone seems to be healthy. Um, and we, we have a little bit more perspective on who's going to take up these slots by way of uh, the ace in the making, Luis Castillo, and a uh, healthy Homer Bailey, and Brandon Finnegan, who I believe will be uh, the fourth starter. And then whoever locks down that, that fifth starter spot, um, which I, I'm honestly just not sure who's going to be. I was leaning Tyler Malley, and, and now I'm kind of leaning Amir Garrett. Uh, and the truth is, it could be Sal Romano. I mean, he, he may be even the front runner at this point. I, I really don't know. Um, and by the time people are listening to this, you know, who knows? Maybe it's been decided. I, I'm not sure. But um, anyway, I think that I'm with you. I think it's very intriguing. I think they are what are the, the starting rotation, especially Anthony Discofani, are going to be the key to keeping the interest of Reds fans throughout the year and answering a lot of questions about what we can expect uh in 2019 and beyond so i think this year is a big banner year for for understanding what we have and how we're going to move forward from that right and you know i can't find the uh sheet of paper where you know i was just i like to do comps of uh, the different teams and um like the different position players like what what their uh batting orders like how they compare against each other uh, as well as like starting rotations and I can't find my notes on this, but, um, comparing what the Reds, ha- the, the current possible rotation for the Reds, if you just look at the top four and then assume that Garrett, uh, Mally or Romano slots into that, uh, fifth position. Um, if you compare the Reds, uh, rotation as it stands now against the Cubs rotation as it stands now. I think a lot of people, uh, if you ask which one's going to have a better rotation would automatically say the Cubs. But if you look at what the Reds uh, current rotation has actually done in the major league level, uh, even though it's less of a body of work than what the Cubs have, it actually uh, compares very favorably uh, for the Reds. Uh, looking at what, what they've done the, the past few years. And, um, you know, that that's at the same time saying, like, assuming that Homer Bailey uh, gets over the injury, assuming that the Sclafani comes back. So there's, you know, the huge asterisk there. Um, 
you know, which one would you rather spend money on? You'd rather spend money on the Cubs rotation because uh, it's solid and they didn't have a lot of injuries that they're coming back from. But when you look at potential, the the Reds starting rotation has that same potential. And then, as you mentioned, uh, the Reds offense and defensively are uh, as good as you could want from a team to support that starting pitching. And I think that they're really starting to, to lock down uh, in the bullpen as well with Iglesias and a few of the free agent acquisitions to, to help with the, the middle inning relief as well. So, um, yeah, totally. I, I, if, if you're a Reds fan, uh, I've been cautiously optimistic the past few years. And, and I admit that, like, this year it's the, it's the time to, to let your uh, – just throw your caution to the wind and, and go full on it. You know, if the Reds start off with a 20-game losing streak, <laughs> it's easy enough to get back down into where we were last year. But <laughs> uh, until they until they prove themselves to, to not be able to sustain it, if they get off to a fast start, you know, run with it. You know, don't don't say, well, they're good for right now. Say, just run with it. And, uh, you know, this team, I think, has the potential uh, to get it all the way to the finish line if uh, they come come out firing. Yeah, after enduring through three, four, 90-plus 90, 90 lost seasons, I mean, this is the year to just have some fun. I mean, a lot of yeah. people's expectations are going to be low. And like I said, I, I, I've done a good job in general at keeping my expectations low. At the same time, like I'm just so excited about the health of this team and the potential of the starting rotation and the offense and what they proved they could do last year. And that, you know, we're adding Jesse Winker to, to the lineup and that yeah. Peraza is now going to be a shortstop. And if that doesn't work out, you know, there, there are plans in place and Nick Senzel's on the way. And, and so I'm, yeah. really, I, I'm, yes. And I'm, so I'm really pumped and really excited. And I think a lot of this doesn't hinge on Disclafani, but I think, he plays a very pivotal role in taking this team from uh, uh, an exciting year of a potential 500 team to an exciting year of, hey, that wild card is within reach. And, hey, I know the Brewers spent a ton of money and made a lot of trades this offseason. And, and we didn't. All we did was shore up the bullpen a little bit, which – and we'll talk about this in another episode, but – I personally think was the right move, even though they weren't like sexy picks, like they were the right, right move. And, um, and so I think Disclafani will be a potential game changer and the difference between a 500 season and, uh, a run at the wild card. And so that's yeah. why I am super pumped and I'm super excited to see, uh, hopefully he can keep that lat muscle in check, man. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. I keep never it, pull that it muscle. It can't be that hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the cool thing, uh, you know, with Disclafani, too, is, you know, we still got him for three years. Him, he's, he's cost us less than a million dollars this year. It's just eight eight sixty this year. Um, and then, then he's got arbitration for a couple years. So uh, he's, he's a... You know, after unloading so many players, like it felt like, you know, we're getting rid of everybody that we know. I feel like, you know, the Reds are at a, a point now where we have a lot of people who are going to be around for a while. So that that's fun, too. 
how great is it that he's going to be cheap? I mean, one of the down, it really stinks that he's been hurt and we've missed out on enjoying kind of his presence on the mound. At the same time, like financially, that helps us uh, cash strap team like the Reds in order to keep the cost down, especially during seasons where we weren't going to compete. Um, right. And so now, if he's just healthy during the years that we are, suddenly, I didn't even think about it until you pointed it out. We now have a, a cheap option in the rotation that will hopefully allow us to pick up pieces along the way. As we compete for that wild card, as we make a run for the World Series championship, we we will have the money, a little bit of more flexibility, only because he's cheaper than he should be. So yeah, yeah. I mean, if if things work out in spring training the right way, even though I I honestly believe, and I think I've probably talked about this before, I, I honestly believe Tyler Malley uh, is the future ace of the Reds. Like he's he's the guy that I really. I'm high on and not because of the other people not being good, just because I think Tyler Malley is a lot better than even uh, the, the different uh, scouts give him credit for. I think he's just really great. Um, but I think if everything works out right, he's going to be in triple a uh, starting the season uh, because the Reds can contr- control him longer that way. And um, if, if things work out that, that uh, Mally's down there. I think he's going to keep forcing his hand, and and eventually the the Reds are going to have to make a, a move uh, to pick up a piece to to help help that run for the wild card or for the division championship. I I actually <laughs> I'm so silly that I'm I'm expecting the Reds to to go up against the Cubs and and beat them uh, during the regular season and, and win the title, but. Um, you know, having Mally down there, like you know, it's going to make it easier for us to to make some moves to really get aggressive as the trade deadline co- approaches. So that'll be cool. Yeah, I don't think you're crazy at all. I think uh, you stating that the Reds are going to beat the Cubs this year is the smartest thing you've ever said. Smartest, That's right, smartest thing you've ever said. <laughs> it's gonna let's let's prove it true. And in three years, in three years, I believe the is going to be a we're going to have a Oakland A's like three headed monster at the head of our rotation. And my belief is, and it sounds like you're probably on board here, and um, my belief is that it's going to be Castillo, Mally, and Amir Garrett, who I, I think is going to develop yeah. to be amazing. So, anyway, uh, what do you have for uh, your best case and worst case scenario on Mr. Anthony Disco Discofani? Okay, let me know if you've heard this before. Best case is that he's the ace of the staff. <laughs> Never heard of him before. <laughs> That he's able to to pull off uh, 15 wins during the season, uh, as a CRA down like around 320 or so, and that he um, consistently gets a lot of quality starts for the Reds uh, during the season. That's that's my best case for him. Um, worst case is that uh, returning from injuries up and down, similar to Homer Bailey last year, uh, and maybe makes it. It creates a situation where where Reds fans start to lose their patience a little bit with with him getting back into a groove. Um, honestly, I don't see that happening, but uh, that that's my worst case. They just like kind of up and down, and I mean he does have the injury history where you know something like that could develop. Yeah, I'm with you on the worst case scenario. My worst case scenario for him is that he's rusty. And takes a full year to get back to form because, you know, he's missed 
several years here, essentially several years, um, to taking that full year to get back into form, which is problematic when you have so many young, talented starters who are making progress and knocking on the door and looking to crack into this rotation as the next Reds championship window opens. The best case scenario for Discofani is there is no rust. He works it all out in spring training. He returns to form, locking down a mid-threes ERA, having a reasonable strikeout rate, and continues to lower his whip. Um, best case, he becomes our number two on the staff behind ace in the making Luis Castillo. I just cannot get over the fact that I, I, I'm i just firmly in belief that this year he, he's going to be get top billing. But I believe Descafani can be number two. Mm-hmm. And most importantly for his best case, he just enjoys his first injury-free year um, in three years. And that alone will will be exciting to watch and, and fun to have him out there. And I have to believe that as a major league pitcher or as an athlete in general, when you suffer through an injury that is you know giving you grief for multiple years, that just being out there on the mound competing again is exciting and worth everything and will, will mean it's a good year for him. So, yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely rooting for uh, health this year for for all the Reds. Want want them all to be healthy out there, having fun, and then uh, as a fan, I'll be having more fun because they're going to be kicking some butt. Absolutely. Well, if they're healthy, then we'll understand what we have, mm-hmm. and what we have is the 2018 World Championship team on our hands. So. Anyway, (laughs) thanks to everybody out there for listening today. We really appreciate it. I want to I want to thank our ace of our staff, Mr. Robert Lee Brewer, for all that he contributes to this podcast. Um, I also if you like what you hear, definitely, please, please, please consider rating us on iTunes. It absolutely helps share with your friends, uh, tell your neighbor, uh, you know, get your dog in an iPhone that has podcasts available and subscribe just to get our numbers up. We would really appreciate that. And stay tuned for more of the Bleeding Cincy Red podcast, best case, worst case scenario, spring training edition, where we focus on different players on the Reds roster for 2018. And a special thanks to our all-time favorite Red, Barry Larkin, for listening. I'm sure he's tuned in somewhere. Go Reds! (laughs) 